Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. It's July and the desert is hot. So at least one part of this wild year is happening as expected. It cools off at night if we're lucky. A little bit. We love the high desert for a lot of reasons, but the fact that it usually cools off at night, that's a real good reason. You want to be able to open the windows a little bit at night, get some fresh air in the place, open them up when it's late, close the windows on the east-facing side as soon as you wake up, Sort of work your way around the cabin, the house, the shack, the trailer. Down in the low desert, people adapt in their own ways, getting up at 4 a.m. to walk the dog before the sidewalks are too hot, getting in some golf or whatever before the sun's up when it's still only 98 degrees outside. And even up here in the high desert, you cannot do a whole lot outside between about 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. You sort of miss out on a lot of the daytime. So you spend a lot of time under the swamp cooler with all the shades down. That's all right. It's seasonal adjustments. I've been thinking I'd like to get out of here, is what I'm saying. But not yet. And where could you go, anyway? I think about Iceland a lot. Maybe it's the name. But especially because they're done with the coronavirus. Bars and restaurants are open. Life is back to normal. And it sounds like normal is actually pretty nice up there, as opposed to our normal. Which was wearying for most of us, at best. Life was pretty good in Iceland to start with. They got rid of their grifter high-finance government, the one that bankrupted the country during the Great Recession. And now they've kicked the virus just like that. Helps to be an island. Helps to have a good standard of living, good health care, a healthy population in general. Helps to not have too many people. Iceland has all of 365,000 people, which sounds like a lot, but that's about the size of Bakersfield or Anaheim. If you told me I had to spend the rest of my life with the 384,000 people of Bakersfield, I guess I'd look for my gun. 
my grandpa's old Smith & Wesson 38 Special, which he kept after a brief employment as a railroad bull in Texas during the Depression when honest men needed to ride the rails. Boy, that must have been depressing work, being an hourly security guard for Southern Pacific or whatever. When everybody hated railroad bulls. My grandpa's favorite singer was Jimmy Rogers, who was always singing about riding the rails. Jimmy Rogers was a drifter, but like a lot of drifters, he worked now and then for the railroads. He was a trackero for a lot more time than he was a singing brakeman, which was his showbiz nickname. Singing brakeman sounded like a reliable worker. No threat to the system. Traqueros, well, they were mostly Mexican laborers who worked on the tracks a century ago. They worked in the yards, lived in labor camps that differed from hobo jungles only in the sense that the former was okay with the railroad corporations and the latter was not. Because the railroads got value from having the traqueros live in rough camps where they did their work for the railroads. Anyway, Jimmy Rogers lived in these Trocaro camps in Tucson and in Watts and a couple other southwestern towns. And the other day I was driving around and somebody requested Dolly Parton's Mule Skinner Blues and the DJ played Jimmy Rogers' original instead. Blue Yodel number eight. So when the bad people come to get me and say, you're going to Bakersfield for the rest of your life, or Anaheim, your choice, I guess I'd pick Bakersfield, even though most of what I love about that place is long gone. All the old honky-tonks where Buck and Bonnie Owens performed. The old 99 through that honky-tonk town. I'd do it for fun sometimes, take the 99 instead of the 5 on the way to Oakland. Driving slow, semi-trucks loaded with alfalfa and onions. Truck stop diners for breakfast after being on the highway all night long. Little jukeboxes on every table. Even then, the old stuff was mostly gone. They had a lot of bad 80s country instead. Barbara Mandrell, Alabama. The white people were in the endless Bakersfield suburbs already. They did not go downtown anymore. Downtown was abandoned to those fly-by-night churches that hang on for a few months until they can't make the rent anymore. And they just shuffle down the road. They show up in another unwanted downtown space, maybe set up in the old feed store or the carpet showroom. All the places that went bust or went out to the suburbs 
A great migration spurred by the events of the late 1960s, people in Bakersfield were deeply concerned about the Black Panthers in L.A. and Oakland for some reason. Some reason having to do with an expectation that certain populations are supposed to suffer and be beaten in the streets by the police and denied meaningful work and decent salaries and polling places, etc. Etc. Anyway, if it comes down to it, I'll go to Iceland. I'll beg for refuge, you know, whatever it takes. My ancestors were Vikings from Norway. Just like you. They tried to put me in Anaheim. Oh, I'll cry and everything. Tear my hair out, pound on the table. 14 days quarantine? Ma'am, I won't even notice. I've been quarantined out in the desert for half my life now. But there will be no escaping before the July 17th show. That much is clear. Friday, July 17th at Pappy and Harriet's Pioneer Town Palace, we are putting on a show, the 100th episode of Desert Oracle Radio, performed live on the big outdoor stage. Lots of space for everybody under the stars. I'll have tables and chairs out for everybody and booze, of course. Deserts are dry lands where little rain falls. The mainline railroads over which freight and passengers are hauled westward to Los Angeles and Southern California must cross hundreds of miles of barren desert. Not enough rain falls here for most kinds of trees and plants to grow. When there is rain in the desert, the water runs off quickly or is dried up by the hot sun and wind. In the southwest, the widest stretches of arid land where little or no rain falls are the Great Mojave and Colorado deserts in Arizona and Southern California. Travelers who cross the desert must take water with them. Canvas bags are used to carry water for drinking and other purposes. On the hot desert, the radiators of automobiles often boil dry. If a man could not get to water, he would die of thirst. But some places in the desert do have a supply of fresh water. Such a spot where there are springs or wells is called an oasis. Plants can grow and people can live at an oasis despite the intense heat. Small towns have grown up to supply the needs of travelers. Because there are places along highways where fuel and water can be obtained, it is no longer dangerous to travel long distances across the desert. outside an oasis is barren and dry. Some desert plants keep alive by storing up water whenever it rains. The few creatures that can live in the desert get some water from the plants that grow on the parched land. Strong winds sweeping across the driest part of the desert pick up loose sand and pile it into dunes. 
In the days before there were paved roads, settlers sometimes had to lay wooden tracks over the shifting sands so that they could haul heavy wagons into their communities. If their wells ran dry and there was no longer water for drinking and for growing food, the settlement had to be abandoned. Scattered across the deserts of the Southwest, there are many of these settlements which have been left to dry up and become ghost towns. Fosters who went to the Southwest, searching for gold and silver, came even into Death Valley. It is the hottest place in all the desert. In much of the valley, the ground is covered with poisonous salts, which have spoiled most of the little water that can be found. From scorching Death Valley, one can see snow-capped Mount Whitney, the highest peak in the United States. Further on, hundreds of streams will join to make the great Colorado River. If too much water comes down from the mountains at one time, a river may overflow its banks. Sometimes a swollen river causes great damage. To help prevent floods and to store up the water from rain and melting snow, the waters of the Colorado River are held back by an immense wall of concrete. Electric current flows out over hundreds of miles of high-tension wires. Today, Los Angeles is beginning to compete with eastern industrial cities that downtown Los Angeles is unable to serve the entire city the growing demand for California styles is building still another industry in the Southwest. Oil derricks are a common sight around Los Angeles. Electric pumps draw oil out of the ground through the port of Los Angeles to flow from the dam to the Imperial Valley has changed a worthless desert into oranges, lemons, and grapefruit and must be protected from frost. Each orange is wrapped in tissue paper. It is distributed through underground pipes to every building and home and provides healthful recreation. The city's parks and playgrounds are green throughout the year. The very existence of millions of people that few people realize how necessary it is to them or in how many ways it serves man with electricity. New factories can be built in the American Southwest. Listening to Desert Oracle Radio. And that's some red, blue, black, silver you're listening to. On this July 4th weekend, they canceled the fireworks in Yucca Valley. Because of the Rona. And we're going to be at very limited capacity at our show at Pappy's. 
because of the Rona. So that's why there are only a few tickets left. Now, usually at the outdoor stage at Pappy and Harriet's, they pack in a thousand people for the Pixies or the Breeders or Lucinda or whatever hallowed name. But thanks to our rolling pandemic, it's just a few hundred people and we got the whole place to ourselves. I've barely mentioned the show because I don't want to jinx it, but now that we're in the month of July and the show is barely two weeks away, I got no choice. You're going to need to wear a mask to get in. And because it's Pappy's on a dirt street lined with Old West movie buildings, you'd sure look good in one of those bandana face masks, you know? You don't have to look like a dental hygienist unless that's what you do for work. Hell, you can ride your horse down and tie it up outside. If you want, tickets are still on sale. Just go to Pappy and Harriet's website. Show is on Friday, the 17th of July. Doors at 6. Live music from our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver and Herbie Benham IV from the Sunday Band starting up at 6.30. And we will perform and record the 100th episode of Desert Oracle Radio starting about sundown. So do make sure you're all settled in by sundown. We would not want you to get lost out there wandering around. Sometimes things happen. After the show, after the hangovers, after the fun is all gone, and I'm staring down the barrel again, the barrel of another hundred episodes, another half a century of being alive. If I live that long, well, maybe then it's time to go to Iceland. Every summer, I swear to God, I've got the picture books out, you know, like time life books or whatever. Temperate nations of the world. Places that are cool in the summer. AAA brochures. Looking at Scotland, Nova Scotia, the Orkneys, Norway. Maybe they'll take me in Iceland. I've never been there. Back in the previous decade, a lot of my free-spending colleagues went to Iceland because it was a place to go, you know, get some Instagram pictures. I always felt too guilty to do that kind of thing, burning up a jet plane full of jet fuel to go wander around somewhere half a world away for a three-day weekend. Plus, that's not a cheap airfare from the Mojave Desert. But maybe now, just this time, just for the summer, the cool Icelandic summer, you live in a place like America, and everything about Iceland sounds like paradise. Iceland has a market economy with relatively low taxes compared to other OECD countries as well as the highest trade union membership in the world. And it maintains a Nordic social welfare system that provides universal health care 
and education for its citizens. Iceland ranks high in economic, democratic, and social equality, currently ranking third in the world by median wealth per adult. Ranked number six on the list of most developed countries in the world by the United Nations Human Development Index, and it ranks number one on the Global Peace Index. Iceland runs almost completely on renewable energy. It's like they don't have a Pentagon up there. And let's get the mailbag out because it has been too long and I'm getting kind of buried here. First, I have to mention a letter that I cannot mention due to national security, but it's a good one. It came this way from the Intermountain West. I appreciate the letter and the evidence and the enclosed brewery sticker, which will join many such stickers on the side of the big yellow metal office file cabinet, which I acquired for $20 at the Angel View thrift store about five years ago. The thing about this kind of evidence is that even when it's good, it could still be anything, you know? Anyway, now it's in the weird files here at the Desert Oracle offices. Sometime soon, I need to tell you all about some interesting things that I've been seeing in the night skies over the compound here. I mean, right over the compound. It fills my heart with joy to look up and see these little whatever they are just sort of dancing in the dark overhead. Good omens, I think. Reminders to pay attention, at least. Now, speaking of omens, a lot of people have ideas about ravens and what it means when ravens appear where you live. But where I live, the ravens are pretty much always around. And lately, a gang of ravens, murder of ravens, seems overwrought. Well, this gang of ravens comes around maybe an hour before sunset, and they socialize on my roof. So I hear all this banging, and I go out, and there they are. God knows what they're doing to produce so much noise. There's one that's always surprised when I pop out and look up there, and it does sort of, ah, and then it flies over to a Joshua tree, but the rest are just vibing, as they say. So Justin writes in from... So from, uh, from Lafayette, Louisiana... Now, from the look of Justin's last name, which I will not disclose, I believe he might be of a Cajun disposition. You know, a lot of my relatives on my mother's side, the Cajun Irish side, come from uh, by Lafayette and St. Landry's Parish. Anyway... Dear Mr. Lane, on a recent episode of Desert Oracle, you expressed your admiration for the Desert Raven. I, too, am fond of ravens, all corvids, really, and I'm currently engaged in a project to befriend some neighborhood crows 
with judicious offerings of shell peanuts. I have heard that once you've gained their trust, some crows and ravens will reciprocate by bringing you small gifts, shiny things, bits of colored glass, lost jewelry. But like any relationship, it takes time, a lot of time and effort and commitment to reach that stage of mutuality. Anyway, I was reminded of this photo I took years ago at the Petrified Forest and thought you might enjoy a copy. The only copy, maybe. Though I'm sure I've got the negative squirreled away somewhere. It's not a great photo, but I've always been fond of it. Not least of all because I beat my future ex-wife to the punch and snagged the shot before she could snap a similar one. Some suppose ravens are omens of ill-tiding, of bad times to come. But what do they know? Well, best to you and yours. Thank you for the podcast that always goes to the top of the queue. Justin. Maybe it was an omen regarding your marriage, Justin. Anyway, thank you for the photo print. Two big old ravens on top of one of those kind of National Park directional wooden signs that says Agate Bridge. I'm not going to get to all these letters and I only had a little a little pile here in the studio uh, I got this postcard and it's got three bobcat stamps and on the other side let's see there's a picture of a Joshua tree and there's like a UFO or a submarine shooting by in the sky and there's this kind of crazy character who says hi Ken Well, hi, whoever you are. From Amboy to Zizek's and across the great and mysterious Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from Joshua Tree, California. You can hear us in the high desert on your car radio or your portable radio or your transistor radio. Do you walk around with a transistor radio in your pocket? You should, you know. It's free. Sometimes the radio is free. We're on 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Friday nights up here. And you can listen whenever you want, but try to do it after dark on our podcast. And we're on a couple of fine West Coast community stations from Washington State to Burbank, California. I'm your host, Ken Lane. I hope to see a bunch of you Friday, July 17th. We got a couple more shows on the radio before then. Hey, don't set off fireworks in your little brother's face. 
Do I have to tell you again? Thanks for listening. And good night from the Voice of the Desert.